I want my chips with a dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips plain, I want my chips with a dip. So bring them this. zero. The Phoenix Suns looking like one of the most unlikely. Actually, statistics prove the Phoenix Suns are the least likely champion of the last 40 years in NBA history. And yet we are looking down a 2-0 Phoenix Suns run in the NBA Finals. And you and I, Ben, we've watched these games. They look unstoppable right now. What's funny too is they low key looked unstoppable from the start of those playoffs. Right. But now they've really hit their stride. I think we both we both knew early on that the Lakers were in trouble playing the Suns because the Lakers didn't have it together since Braun got hurt. AD had been hurt before that. And when Braun went down, it was in definitely I admitted in trouble. they were in trouble. And plus they were giving Drummond twenty five minutes a night. So they were screwed. I mean, I said what I said before about that. And now I've been proven wrong, but it's like I stated before. I said, I'm going with the Lakers until I see LeBron, like until LeBron shows me anything to believe different. Yeah, because he never fails. Right. At least not in that type of, not not in terms of like the first round. Yeah, true. Like that's just not, he's never shown us anything to believe that he wasn't going to win that playoff series other than the fact that he was dealing with injury. But we were all healthy. So we were all assuming at least somewhat healthy. Right, yeah. And it turned out he was only about 60%, if that, which sucks. But if anything, all this has proven every single series that we've watched is that this Phoenix Suns team is They're real. very solidly. Yeah, they are very much a real team. I know that during the regular season, I put them in the same category as the Utah Jazz multiple, multiple times where, you know, it was like, I, I remember thinking it myself because I, I mean, granted, I didn't watch the most Suns game this year, but I definitely tuned in and saw them a couple of times. And each time I just saw them run the, their sets every time. And I was like, these guys, they just run a offensive playbook. They run 40 plays a game. They're always, that's their backbone. Like I they're feel well like that rounded gets, as, they're well-rounded as fuck. Right, right. They are very well-rounded. But the thing is though, is them running schemes like that. You know what that proves in the long run? It defines roles. It defines roles for every single player on the team, which means that every player on that team, all the way down to Tory Craig, goes out there on the floor with purpose and motivation to know that they just do their stuff and this team will be successful. And it comes down yep. to that every single time. And that's what we're seeing right now. 
one through one through ten on this Phoenix Suns team is stepping up. I'm well, they're down to seven now after Sarich got hurt, which really kind of sucks for them. But they're well, when Kaminsky and Craig both play, they're running nine. Yeah, true. Nader I mean, gets it, Nader gets a few minutes, but uh, not that many. Yeah, but they're basically running nine. You don't want to run Nader or uh, Etwan Moore out there for very long. Mm-mm. But let's get right to these stats we got written down here. I'm starting from the top here. Let's go. Let's start off with CP3. CP3, 27 and a half points per game, four rebounds, eight and a half assists, 56.6% from the field, 58.3% from three on six mm-hmm. attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Fucking ignorant. It doesn't get any more real than that. He is showing up like crazy. 80% from the free throw line. That's nuts. Like, I love to see it from him because this is finals Chris Paul and eight and a half assists. Right? We're we're seeing him absolutely ball out. Eight and yeah, a half he's, assists. He's, yeah, he's out of control right now. Uh, Booker sitting at 43.5% from the field, 40% from three. Crazy. 100% from the free throw line. Six assists from Booker. Game. How many points per game? 29? Yeah, 29. 29. Good God. Mikhail Bridges with 20 points a game? No I mean, He's way. doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Mikhail you know Bridges, to- 20 per- points per game and 46.4 from field goal. 38.5 from three. 100% from the free throw line. They, they are killing it. I mean... Right now, okay, we can, we can taint all this, all these stats a little bit with the fact that they have two games at home and the crowd has been absolutely nuts. Bat shit. So the other night when I first started watching this game, I was making dinner halfway through as well. And uh, I had my TV on in the other room. And I walked away and Giannis had stepped up to the free throw line. And I walked out to finish up my dinner so I could go back and keep watching the game. And as soon as I stepped out, they started the count. And I kid you not, bro, I have not heard that count louder or more intense than it has been this entire playoffs. Brooklyn was wild in, but this Phoenix crowd is on it. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, they're 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 so they're so into this and connected to this that it's insane. Like one of the one of the craziest experience just watching fans on TV that I've ever seen in a sporting event. Honestly, I mean, these, right. th- this crowd is so charged. So um, they're, they're definitely feeding off of that and playing even harder because of it. As, what's funny is that all these, uh, I keep seeing all the, the plus minus discussions online and, uh, out of all these players that we just named and they're really awesome stats they've put up so far, the leader and plus minus for the entire series is Jay Crowder. Hmm. And Giannis is the only Milwaukee book in a positive plus minus with plus two. That's uh, so bad. I have two things I want to touch on. The first one I'm going to ask you uh, is if you feel... Actually, I got three things. And one of them runs right off of what you just said with that plus minus. Do you feel like... Even if we would have got like a better Middleton game from one of these last series, that uh, that at least one of these games goes in Milwaukee favor? Yes, that's pretty rough that Giannis is the only plus out there. That's bad. I mean, I mean, we see better if we see better performances from a marginally better performance from Holiday, better from Middleton, better 
I mean, Giannis could really can't be better right now, but I mean, except for if he just wants to call himself out, but I, th- I think Giannis, Giannis has been, been fantastic. Great. Yeah. Giannis he's been really been good great. so far. Mm. And it sucks to see that people are trying to kind of take away from that because they keep saying, well, when Giannis is at high performance on the floor, is it really helping the rest of the bucks? I'm like, yes. I'm yeah, like, he's there. T- 42 points is just doing nothing for them. When uh, Chris Middleton and uh, uh, holiday combined for like 12 of like 40 plus in one game. Yeah. It was like, like almost 80. Ridiculous. I'm pretty sure or something like that. It was like 12 of 80 or something real fucking stupid like that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Like, but, um, how, but back how? to what you were, but what you were saying though, is if, they play better than I. I think that game two. I watched Middleton. all of game two. I'm saying take Holiday just Middleton, out of it. Yeah, even if just Middleton put up, mm, I don't know, twenty, thirty, like thirty points. You know what I mean? Because that game two, that second half was closer than that final score says. Because the Bucks were coming back, they'd get within four, five, six points, and then all of a sudden Phoenix would go on a six point run, back to twelve, back to thirteen points. Then the Bucks would try to inch it back forward. They get back to seven, eight points, and then they just go right back down again. Yeah. So they need they need more because it felt like the only guy I saw make an outside shot for the Bucks that game was freaking Pat Connaughton in the right. corner. And he after that, ridiculous it was just one from the corner. Yeah, and that was it. So it was just like it, if they get more shooting on their side and they play with a little bit more confidence, because this is the downside of Chris Middleton. I've seen a lot of people be like, give Chris Middleton the respect he deserves. And I'm like, yeah, we, we know he's a talented scorer and he definitely was fantastic in the Brooklyn series. He kept them alive and him and holiday really showed out him and holiday showed out to end out that buck or the Hawks series too. But this is what he does. He disappears when he's not on. He's not on when he is, he is. And when he's not on, he's not making an impact at all in any way. Right. And he has to score, and that's it. Because he's not a solid defender. He's not a playmaker. He doesn't have great vision. He just is a scorer. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. When it really comes down to it, that's it's it's pure. Uh, next thing I was going to touch on is if the Nuggets were healthy fully, oh. could they actually beat this Phoenix team, or is this Phoenix team? That fucking oh, real. Oh, that's such a good hypothetical because you and I both were on the Nuggets hype train so hard. I know. And I mean, my favorite guy out in the media, Zach Lowe, was on the Nuggets hype train hard as well. He was back in February saying the Nuggets might mess around and win a chip. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling that way pretty strongly too because that team's roster construction is impeccable. They have Jamal Murray. That means you don't have to play Austin Rivers or Compazzo. You don't have to <laughs> rely on Aaron Gordon to shoot threes. You don't have to... If Barton's rely. healthy too. Yeah, Barton was really balling out for them too. I mean, he was the one that put the dagger in the Blazers' backs. So, I mean, that hurt. But but yeah, I mean... He wasn't that, happy for uh, the Phoenix series though. For the sake of argument, I'm not going to come out and just say that the Denver Nuggets would have won that series because I was definitely thinking that in the moment. But now that I've watched the Clippers or the Suns go the distance against the Clippers and against the Lakers, and now they're really putting it on the Bucks, it's like, I don't know. This feels like the Suns year almost because maybe 
maybe the Nuggets got a, caught a little bit of break because, I mean, Jokic won his MVP. He balled out. He was good in the playoffs. The Nuggets, they just, you know, they got a little bit more chemistry working with Gordon. Gordon knows his role. It just got a little more expanded than he what he really needs because of the absence of Murray. They got to try out Compazzo. You know, Michael Porter Jr. How, stepped up this season. Yeah, and Monte Morris wasn't really... He's the reserve guard. He's not your starting... And he had to start in the playoffs for them because they don't have any better options. You can't really... I mean, they'd start Compazzo, but he would just get eaten alive on defense. I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you're going to work when you're five foot ten playing mm-hmm. on an NBA court. You're going to be hunted every time, right? And At when it came down day. to it, yeah, when it came down to it, him playing more than 10, 15 minutes was not going to help the Denver Nuggets go far in the Western Conference with the big bodies that are in that conference. Right. So it's that's just hard to say, man. <laughs> that's you know what I mean. It's just hard to say because. You feel like a series like that would go to 10 games at that point, you know, because it's just so like the Suns are on fire and the Nuggets just have crazy chemistry and that dog mentality that we love to watch. So it's just, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just an interesting hypothetical. And I wanted to ask you it because I know how big a fan, how we're both big fans of the Nuggets uh, and how we felt about how their season would have went with Murray healthy. But like you, uh, like you said there in your answer, uh, looking at this Phoenix team now, it's just too difficult to say. It's like, right. especially with that series against the Clippers and what they did to the Clippers, not just... Clippers, though. Not the Kawhi-less Clippers, though. yes, but stylistically, those teams are just a tough matchup. So I commend them regardless for beating that team. But... Yeah, it's just like, it's still tough to say though because the Jamal and Jokic catch, uh, connection is just fucking insane. Special. Yeah. And the fact that we didn't see that this year, I'm very, very upset about it. But it just <laughs> is what but it it'll is. be back. Um, they'll definitely be back. I, I just pray they come back uh, nice and healthy is all. Uh, but yeah, it's really tough to say on who would really win that series fully healthy because... Like you said, like that should be like a 10 game series, <laughs> right? I know, fucking dog fight. <laughs> uh, speaking of dog fights and just dog mentality and just playing hard as fuck, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on was the fact that Phoenix is playing so fucking hard and so desperate and they want it more. The Bucks are not playing that way at all, they're not playing like they really want it. I don't know about you, but you can just tell they're not playing like they really want it. And they all keep talking about how they're just trying to have fun out there. That's ridiculous to me because, yeah, have you seen the like the difference between the Coach Bud speeches before and in halftime of games and the Monty Williams one-on-one pep talk? Light years. Like, have you, have you been able to watch the, yeah. the DeAndre Ayton, uh, Monty videos. Williams... Yeah, like when he was hyping him up and mm-hmm. he was like, you know why you're down? Because you set a higher standard for yourself and that's why you're down and mm-hmm. you should keep your head up and keep playing hard and do what you do. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, where has this guy been my entire life? I was like, I mean, I knew of Monty Williams before. I knew he was a very impassioned speaker, and a very good speaker, but like seeing him in action right now with this Killing perfectly, it. like, yeah, it's just like, yes. Like he's a good X's and O's guy, but he's a great motivator. And then you got Coach Bud, who's a decent X's and O's guy, 
And then he's telling guys in game two of the NBA finals to go out and have fun, not put your ass on the line and let's grind out a win. It's embarrassing. That is embarrassing because the whole mentality of this Bucks team, especially Giannis, like you remember that video where Giannis was in practice shooting free throws or something, just shooting around like Mm -hmm. him, Tucker Middleton. He's walking around. He's like, I've been down so low. He's like, I've been dunked on airballed free throws in the playoffs. I've missed shots here and there, missed game winners. I've been down so low, all that, all that talk, that Jay-Z type talk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Giannis is the only one playing hard. Like, right. what? Like, wh- what's, what does everybody else want? Like, you have to feed off of that energy he's giving. Have to. Have to. Like, and I'm surprised that's not coming out of Holiday because Holiday was like, Holiday and Tucker and... Giannis are like the the top three for like dog mentality on that team. Except when you get the fucking random Chris Middleton game where he'll just go for 40. Yeah, and he just looks iced in completely. Like he's just like the George Gervin, like with a jump shot reincarnation. It's Drew like holidays yeah. looking like fucking Drew Blesdo out there. Oh my God. That's what uh, Kevin O'Connor said. Yeah. Like Eric Bledsoe, yeah, but he was like joking about it. <laughs> Funny story about that. That that happened. To Eric Bledsoe was getting clowned saying, by like, Terry Rozier. He called him Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> he got clowned by Terry Rozier that way. He okay. called him Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, like in 2017 playoffs. Because I mean, even back then, Bledsoe was crappy. That was his first year with the Bucks, and he still flopped in the playoffs hard. But yeah, that's funny. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just like, are the Bucks going to be able to fully bring it on their own home court? Or are we going to see this level of complacency again? Like, I, I don't think I they want not. it as bad. I hope not because it's like, this is the opportunity that you wanted. Are you not wanting to go out there and literally risk your life to play for the, like play for this game? I know. It's like, like, this is what you guys allegedly worked for your whole career. And like Tucker too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is Tucker's first NBA Finals. You finally did it, dude. Make something happen. Right? I know. And, like, the Bucks can't... Like, he was the one that came out when the Bucks won the Eastern Conference Finals. And he was like, there's no celebrating on our side. He's like, why would we celebrate? We haven't finished our goal. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And far, now far we... from it now. We watch these two games go by, and they look like they're absolutely getting kind of gassed out there. Like, yeah. they're getting beat around. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing to be They're honest. Just outmatched. I don't know about outmatched because the Bucks definitely have the bodies to go up against the Suns, but the Suns just are so deep in their bag. Game like, one though, they were fucking Bucks were doing that switch everything bullshit, and bo- that does not uh, Lopez work. Lopez kept getting switched on a Booker and a Paul, and it was over. Yep, yep, that cannot work. He and will. They, cook they started him. doing less of it in game two, but still. They will cook him, but yeah, I like that. That whole switch everything for the Bucks has never worked, and that was the whole reason why they were failing in the playoffs years before this too, is because they were trying to do that. Switching is hard, mm-hmm. and they've had years to come up with this identity for that, and it just doesn't work. Giannis doesn't work like that. I feel like, I mean, Giannis is your good mid to post defender. You got to keep him down in the block like that, you know. Right. I mean, Giannis has insane foot speed, but lateral quickness wise, I mean, he's still up there, but 
that's where you need Drew Holiday working. Mm-hmm. And they try to hide Middleton all the time because Middleton, you ho- like, you need Holiday and Tucker, uh, those guys. Yeah, and well, that's funny because Chris Paul has been guarding PJ Tucker on the other sides, which is funny to me because that's just how the Suns are trying to pick on him mentally, or like, too. Well, me- yeah, mentally, but like, it's just funny how the defensive matchups are working. Like, I feel like Monty Williams is basically out there just like. I don't want to use the, you know, playing chess, but coach Bud's out here just trying to play Nintendo. Like he's out coaching Bud for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Bud gets out coached every playoff series, whether he wins or not, you know, it's just like the pure, like bully ball that the bucks were able to play against the Hawks is what won them that series mm-hmm. and Middleton. Middleton absolutely going off because really on the Hawks, there was nobody that could check Middleton. No. So not Middleton just kept, at all. Yeah. And like, couldn't even really check Lopez or I mean, Capella, but Capella was having a hard time guarding Lopez and holiday was pretty much getting whatever he wanted to. So they rolled steam rolled through that once they finally got it figured out. And tr- I mean, Trey young was hurt too. So right. Yeah, man, this is this, I don't. This is not a disappointing finals in any way because we're watching one team absolutely push it 110 percent, and another team themselves. that's pushing it. Yeah, proving themselves big time on the biggest stage where it matters the most. We have a guy under the age of 25 that's only solidifying his ranks in the one of the greatest opening playoffs, opening playoff runs, and first finals runs in NBA history. And Devin Booker. And you got to wonder though, what's next for book? Because once he's, he's tasted blood, he hasn't even tasted blood. He's been drinking blood this playoffs and he's feeling it. Oh yeah. You wonder he's coming back. Yep. Like this is, this is no longer missing. The playoffs is no longer a thing for him. No, this man will be right back in the Western conference finals next year. Ooh, that's a hot take. Look, Mitch wants to keep saying that I doubted Booker. And it's not that I doubted Booker. I just believed in LeBron a little bit too much. And I never seen Booker do anything like that. And now he's done it. And let me remind you that this man was my sleeper pick for the Fantasy League this year. (laughs) He was my sleeper pick at number two. Well, he's a fantasy god, though, at the same time, you know? He's been putting up numbers in Phoenix for years. I I mean, like the biggest argument for him and Trey Young. I mean, this is like what Booker's sixth year in the league, so he's yeah. been in, he's been in the league for a while compared to to Young. Booker's just now making it, and he's killing it. And Trey Young was called the empty stats player too. And now you have people coming out retrospects like, okay, uh, maybe this tra- this uh, Atlanta Hawks Dallas Mavericks trade on draft wasn't, night wasn't so bad. Yeah, like this was a pretty much a mutual thing, and. Like both of these players' timelines, Trey Young just found himself farther in the playoffs than Luka Doncic ever has. Yep. And I mean, I wouldn't exactly call it luck because they absolutely gassed the 76ers and they beat the Knicks pretty handily. Showed their own against the Bucks. That wasn't luck either. They they oh. they did what they could do. Uh and all in all the playoff series. And until until the Bucks, they were just over overcome. But it wasn't all just luck getting there, for sure. No, definitely not. Yeah, just 
it's it's funny to watch because all these narratives that we try to make up for so many different players about how they're just non-competitive, when they finally get there, you're like, oh, this guy can really do it. Like this guy has like an unstoppable ISO game. Like this guy can really score when it matters. This guy can size up for mid-range. Devin Booker is just that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is no other way to say it. Devin Booker is that guy. He he has been phenomenal. Um, what he did to the Lakers was just embarrassing. Embarrassing, but needed because somebody had to reality check the Lakers. Yeah, I'll agree to that. Um, but it was embarrassing, and I honest, I just respect him for it as well. I really do. Oh, I respect him for it definitely too, and I respect and about, CP3 for his. Yeah, work. I mean Chris Paul. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the dude, but good for him. Yeah, definitely good for him because this is. I feel like I've been waiting for the Chris Paul moment, and I really thought it was going to happen with the Rockets. He's been talking a lot of shit about Houston. Have you seen I can't that? Blame him. Like he's been talking about like somebody asked him the other night. He was like, "How do you feel shooting this many threes in playoffs games, especially in the finals? You know, the biggest stage." And he was like, "I played for the Houston Rockets." <laughs> That's all they fucking did. That's all they did was shoot threes and drive. And not play defense. Well, they tra- marginally. They played marginal defense. But this is this is absolutely crazy to watch. I think it's crazy to me. I was watching a video by uh, Jimmy Highroller on uh, YouTube not long before we started recording. And that the Phoenix Suns are the least likely champ of the last 40 years in terms of preseason championship odds, they were ranked 15th behind the Houston Rockets. What? The Houston Rockets had higher play, higher NBA title chance. Well, I mean, Harden was still playing for him, you know? And they had higher title chances than the Phoenix Suns did. The Phoenix Suns are, I forget what their over-under was. It was like negative like 5,000. Was it, yeah, it was like negative like 5,000. And there has the never hell? been an NBA champion in the last 20, 40 years that has been over like like 1,800. And there are 5,000. That's unreal. Right? Nobody saw this happen. No one. I'm sure the three people in Vegas that actually bet on the Suns winning the chip this year are like getting ready to really cash in. But oh, definitely. It's just nuts to me. Like, I just, I can't believe that kind of success for them this year. And I'm happy to see it because it's like, you know, it. let's say the Clippers, they made their first Western Conference Finals this year. Is it really that exciting to see the other LA team make it? Like, is there really something special about that? Especially when we already despise those players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We already despise Jackson. Okay, I know we didn't want to talk much about offseason, but a lot of people are saying that Reggie Jackson is going to command at least $20 million, 20 to $24 million. In waste of time. That is an absolute waste of time. He's 30. He's going to be 31. You're going to pay this man like a three-year contract for him to be average. I think he still, I think all he did was just earn himself a spot back onto the Clippers next year. Not a big bag. Yeah. At a way, way less pay paycheck. I would pay him 12 million, 12 to 14 million a year at most. I give him like 15 to 16. See, I, I mean, I'm definitely low. 17 him, max. Like, 
But like, I just, I don't know. It's like, everybody's like, yeah, this is what happens when you finally let Reggie Jackson start. I'm like, are you like his boy or something? You've been telling him this from the beginning. This is the guy that was riding SPG on his shoes. What a shud. Watch him be absolute terrible next year. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because what the Clippers are going to do is probably clear house. <sighs> Who cares? Who cares? Back to back to Phoenix and uh, Milwaukee. Ultimately, uh, even if the Bucks can maybe take one or two games, uh, I think this is Phoenix's series. And quite frankly, I think at most uh, the Bucks will grab one game. Um, like we were saying uh, before we started recording, we could potentially be staring down a sweep. This could be a sweep. Right. And I wouldn't There's be a good chance of that. So how about this? I would say right now, there's a 40% chance that the Suns sweep this series. But I'm going to say there's a 60% chance the Bucks win two to three games. Hmm. I still think I can't put Bucks, 60 on that. I can put 60 on one game. I don't know because I, I really think that seeing teams like the Clippers, which seem to have the fragilest mental fortitude of any team in the NBA the last like three years that was a contender. Most fragile, not fragilist. But I just think the Bucks will be able to pull it together because... They have Giannis, and I think that Giannis has he. I mean, he just scored like the most points in a quarter in NBA Finals history. I'm pretty sure if if it wasn't the most, it was like second or third. I think that he's going to keep his foot on the gas 100% to like 140% because every day that goes by, his knee is getting rehabbed. We're we're sitting here. This is our second day off for them, and he looked. I thought he looked ginger that first game. He, he had 20 points and 14 rebounds. So he was definitely working on the glass, but his lateral movement wasn't that quick. And he also wasn't just like slamming it on the gas to the rim, you know? Right. He looked like he was kind of just like letting up a little bit. But him having game two, he looked so much better. He looked full speed. And now we're two more days removed from that. So he's had even more time to rehab that. And I think that Giannis is just if inevitably if the bucks lose this series i would not put the blame on him it's just going to be the team around him like it has been oh i mean he's failed coaching and the team around him that's why coach bud should not be exempt from being fired regardless the bucks have almost fallen backwards into an, an nba title berth right yep like credit should not be given to bud no I would not. Well, like the only credit you can give Bud was that he finally took his freaking chastity belt off of playing Giannis only like 36 minutes in a playoff game. Right. Like, ugh. Come on, man. Yeah, he's got to go. 40 to 44 minutes, right? He's got to go. Who are they going to replace him with? That's the next question. Mike D'Antoni? I don't know. Ugh. No, I don't like that. But yeah, I mean that I think that about sums it up for us because they're going to trade him to Dallas cuz they got Jason Kidd now. Oh, yikes. But he uh, likes Jason Kidd. Oh, he did love Kidd, but that's because he was young young guy coming up with Jason Kidd and Jason Kidd gave him the keys to the offense though too at the same time <laughs> back when Giannis was budding. This is such an entertaining series. 
But this next game, bro, next game three. Yeah, crucial, tomorrow night. That's a real deal. Crucial. Yep. We're getting a game in Milwaukee. Yep. It, I mean, I'll agree with you. If the Suns win the next one, it's over. There's no chance. There's Absolutely no way. none. This Bucks because team is not coming back from a 3-0 deficit. Much less a 3-1 deficit. Yeah. So, Bucks, the pressure is all on them. I don't want to hear any Paul George quotes out of Giannis's mouth about how they're in the driver's seat right now because the Bucks pressure have is, to win the next two. Yep. The pressure is on them if they want to keep their title chances alive. But I want to. I want to see Chris Paul holding that trophy up. Yeah, at this point, I've caved. I kind of wanted to see the Bucks win it, but I'm like, you know what? They got Giannis has more time. Yeah, but right, and you wouldn't feel warm and fuzzy inside seeing Giannis hold up the title like you would Chris Paul because all that bullshit that we talked about Giannis even years before the podcast winning winning the MVP awards and stuff and being the fake MVP and crown me and stuff. Him winning a title would validate that. But on the other side, we all know that as soon as Giannis holds up that title, the fake ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm low-key calling it a fake ring regardless. No, it's not a fake ring. Because I think the bubble we ring is kind of a fake ring, too. No, there's no fake rings in the NBA. The hardware is real. But if Giannis wins, it's a fake ring. Fuck Giannis, <laughs> dude. Honestly, <laughs> why did I even want them to win? At one point, I don't. Honestly, I don't even know why. I because because they've had such hardships in the playoffs, and Giannis is at least somewhat likable. He's not a complete douchebag, and he tries hard. But his teams always are just average. This year, they're much above average. They've always been great regular season teams, but get schemed the hell out of the building in the playoffs. I mean, if if the Bucks don't win this year, Giannis is going to have to leave to have a real playoff shot. Like, I think that's what this is going to... This is his LeBron Cavs 2008, you know, 2010 moment. Is spazzing, right? He spazzes. The team doesn't come up behind him. They fall what short. That, what? Yep. What does that tell him? I gotta go. I'm going to Miami. Yeah, him in Miami with Jimmy, please. I'm going to Dallas. <sighs> that would be deadly. Because you know what? Then you put Giannis and Willie Cauley Stein, Kristaps Porzingis, Boban Marjanovic role. He can do all three at once. Catch do it better you know, and play defense so much better. Oh yeah. I heard uh, Dallas is going to make a hard push for Kawhi. Yeah. But I think if you're a sensible NBA team of any caliber, you make a hard push for Kawhi because what those rumblings that you were talking about with him undermining the team doctors, I think that you make a reasonable push for Kawhi. If you think you have a chance for it, which I would think it would be Dallas, Miami, Imagine him in Portland, man. Some people are saying that, and this guy commented on Twitter about this. He was saying that they think the real reason he's testing free agency is to force um, the Clippers to uh, like get certain players in there for him. I believe that. Yeah, Kawhi is definitely a leverage guy. And they're they're Very much the, a the rumor guy. is that Lowry he wants Lowry there, and he's going to use free agency to scare the Clippers into bringing in Lowry. 
Jesus Christ, man. With Lowry on that team, they are a threat. They're a real threat. They're the Los Angeles Raptors at that point, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they have Ibaka. You might as well just pick up Marc Gasol. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Marc Gasol moving lockers across the hallway? Holy shit. That would be ridiculous. No, man. Gasol's washed anyways. We He's got to retire. He's got to retire. Yeah. Or get back to, to fucking the- Spain. Yeah, he's going to play in Spain with his brother. His brother's been balling out in Spain. Eight points, eight rebounds, and three assists per game. Let's go. Let's go, Pa. <laughs> All right, man. We'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, game three tomorrow. Tune in. It's going to be wild. 8 p.m., uh, yeah. It's crunch time for Milwaukee. They got to make it happen. Uh, Undoubtedly. Th- hats off to Phoenix. Hats off to everyone on that team. Um, one more take, sir. Sons and six. Sons and five. Sons and five. I just think the Bucks will win too. Dude, I don't see it happening. I just fuck it. Sons and four. Sons and four. Oh, yep. That's Sons and four. That's spicy. Cholula. That's Cholula spicy. All right. Well, you guys know where to engage us. We are on the pod dip on Twitter, at Instagram, at the dip pod. Always follow us on there. Keep up with our content. We're always trying to troll some people. At least recently we have. We pissed off a couple people the other night, but that's okay because people piss us off every day and they piss you off too. So that's not even a problem anymore. We know you're out there, Richardson, Texas, listening to us. We need all of our listeners gathering right now because we are in an exciting time for the dip podcast being coming in the end of a playoff run. We've had some really great episodes this off or this postseason, so we're definitely looking forward to keeping doing this. We're going to be heading right long after the postseason is over into offseason talks, looking to more scheduled, more weekly releases. So we are definitely loading up. We are loading the clip up for you guys. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, got a lot of big plans for the offseason. Uh, Shouts out to J. Cole. Um, yes. Yeah. Shouts out to J. Cole. Big bag, <laughs> never feel fumbling. Yep. Eating the goat. <laughs> no, Kendrick is the god. We all know it. Peace.